Hi, my witchy friends, and welcome to episode number 10 of the Comfy Cozy Witch Podcast with me, Jenny Blonde, the Comfy Cozy Witch. I cannot believe that it is episode 10 already. Um, I feel like I just started this podcast, but I, but here we are, episode number 10, which means I've been doing this for over 10 weeks now. And as you know, I took a break last week with the holiday and Yule season, I decided to take a break away from work. As you know, I closed my Comfy Cozy Apothecary until after the new year. I, Although I'm still doing the Fit Witch Challenge, I decided to take a break from the podcast because last week we had Yule on Monday um, in the winter solstice and we had Christmas, of course, on Friday and then we're moving into more holidays this week. And so I just needed a week with my family a week to myself, a week of not recording an episode and not planning an episode. And it was needed. As much as I do love doing the podcast episodes, it does take energy out of me. And I wanted that energy for my family and for my kitchen witchery and all the cooking and all the baking that I did. So unfortunately, the podcast was kind of put on the back burner just for a week, though, because I am back now, obviously, with a new episode, with episode number 10. And I also want to say thank you all who who have been listening and thank you for listening. I checked just this morning. I don't check often um, my numbers because I just don't look I don't look at my um, platform numbers like the anchor numbers. But I'm up to almost four thousand listens over the course of just ten episodes or nine episodes, I guess at that point. Um, so thank you for listening to this. As I said before, I really thought starting this podcast, I would have, oh, and there's Reese saying hello. I really thought I would have maybe a dozen listeners or so. So the fact that so many of you have tuned in and are so supportive and you're coming back and listening to more and you're sending me comments and emails and DMs, that is just so amazing. And truly, I thank you. I'm grateful for you. So before we go into today's main topic, which is New Year rituals and intention setting, and you'll see that kind of goes hand in hand, you know, leaving the the year behind, 2020 behind, which I think many of us are ready to leave behind, (laughs) and moving forward to 2021 and what we can do for New Year's rituals. But before I talk about that, I want to tell you what is currently making me feel comfy, cozy, and witchy. So we just had a big week. We had, of course, Yule, winter solstice, and Christmas. And this time of year in general, I typically get all the comfy, cozy, and witchy vibes because we're in the darker part of the year. Um, I'm very much focused on family and being with others, even though this year was a little bit different (laughs) due to COVID. I was only with my immediate family, the three of us, which was amazing, plus the dogs, of course, (laughs) plus Reese and Gia. But, you know, what has really made me feel comfy, cozy, and witchy is doing some kitchen witching, so some kitchen witchery. And you know, you all know, I love to cook. If you follow me on Instagram, I include cooking in my stories often. I include cooking in my posts. There was a while where I was including recipes as well, and I need to start doing that again. But I love being in the kitchen. 
And I truly enjoy kitchen witchery and adding magic and intention into the meals that I cook. And I would like to say that I I add magical intention to every single thing I cook, but I don't. <laughs> uh, but I definitely, during the Sabbaths and the holidays, I make it a point to add that magic into whatever it is I cooked. So I want to tell you a little bit about um, some kitchen witchery I did over the last week. Well, first, it has been a ton of baking. Um, more baking, I think, than I even did last year. And it's funny because going into this Yule season, I had told myself, I'm not going to bake as much. We don't need five different types of cookies. We don't need cakes. We don't need all of the sweet pastries all around. But guess what? (laughs) That's what I ended up cooking because it's that time of year. You just want fresh cookies out of the oven. So we did gingerbread cookies in the shape of gingerbread men and in the shape of Pokemon at my son's, my seven-year-old's request, which was really fun. So we, (laughs) we made and decorated Jigglypuff. If you're a Pokemon fan, you'll know what I'm talking about. Jigglypuff, uh, Pikachu, and Pikachu's uh, lightning bolt, and a lot of Snorlaxes. I really enjoyed making the Snorlaxes because whenever I would cut them out, Snorlax is a character. He's rotund. He's a round character. He's a big round character. Um, And he was really easy to cut out with the dough because there weren't a lot of angles and different odd shapes. So I liked to make Snorlax (laughs) and I made a lot of Snorlaxes, Uh, but I'll move on from Pokemon. Uh, We made also um, sugar cookies and then we made sand tarts. And sand tarts is something that I have made in the kitchen every holiday season since I was three years old. I think I remember decorating Christmas cookies when I was really young. And we would make them at my grandmother's house. So my Grammy was an amazing kitchen witch. Uh, She put so much love and warmth into her cooking. And anytime you would eat her food, you just felt that. It just radiated through every single thing that she made. And so when my Grammy passed away, my aunt had put together cookbooks for all of the family members of my Grammy's recipes. And of course, her most famous recipes are in the cook, are in the cookbook. And I have the cookbook here. I've shown it before on my lives. If you've caught me and I've talked about it, you've seen the cookbook before. But inside the cookbook was the family recipe for sand tarts that was created by my great aunt and by my grandmother together, I believe. And we've been making these cookies for years. And the trick to our sand tarts, and if you don't know what a sand tart is, it's basically a sugar cookie, but you don't use refined sugar. It's all brown sugar. (laughs) Um, The great thing about sand tarts is you roll them out really, really thin, and they get an amazing crispiness to them. So whereas a lot of people will, you know, bake bake some cookies for a while and then decorate them. When it comes to sand tarts, you bake, you do everything before you bake the cookies. So I rolled them out really, really thin. You got to use a lot of flour because they stick to surfaces. Then um, 
I butter, you butter the heck out of them. I mean, you like throw butter all over those cookies and then it's time to decorate them with sprinkles and whatever you want to use. And so the whole family, my son, my husband and I, we were in the kitchen Christmas morning after we opened our stockings making the sand tarts. And Christmas Eve, I was making the sand tarts as well. And the sand tarts go to family members. We keep some here, but I always send them to family members as well. And when I say send, I mean social distance pickup because we ended up meeting a lot of family members halfway between our homes to drop off the gifts and do exchanges. But whenever I make my sand tarts, whenever I make any of my Christmas cookies, I'm, I make sure to put intentions in the ingredients. I bless the ingredients. I thank every ingredient. Um, If I know where it's come from, I bless where it's from. And I simply just hold the items in my hand and I acknowledge them. So if it's something as simple, let's say, as cane sugar, okay, sugar, I'll hold the bag of sugar or I'll hold the cup of sugar in my hand and I'll acknowledge it. I'll say, "Um, you, you are sugar. Thank you. Um, And then I might say where it's from. And Um, I'll ask what my intention, what I want the intention to be. I ask you to sweeten this cookie, sweeten the lives of those who eat it, um, bring in warmth and radiance for those who eat it. If I'm, let's say I'm blessing cinnamon or adding cinnamon or nutmeg, um, similar to what I do when I have my coffee every morning. It's that the little intentions and I go through every ingredient and um, how I want them to impact the food and impact the the people who will be eating the food. So that's what I do with all of my holiday cookies. And then whenever I go to bake the main meal, I do the same thing. You know, I thank the ingredients. I thank them for nourishing my family. Um, I thank where they've come from. And then I set the intention, what I want that food to do, to nourish us, to keep us warm, to keep us fed, to keep us healthy, and just acknowledge, you know, every ingredient and every food. And then, you know, we said, our family, we said our Yule blessing on Yule and at Christmas. And we didn't have a big meal on Christmas. Our big meal was on the winter solstice. But we said a little family blessing and it was just really lovely. So I've been doing a lot of kitchen witchery lately. I'm trying to think what other cookies. I know I made more cookies. Oh, the cookies, um, peanut butter blossoms. Now I'm allergic to peanuts, so I don't I don't eat those, but my son loves them. So we did the peanut butter blossoms with a Hershey kiss in the center. So we have had so much fun in the kitchen, and I love seeing my son help out. He's seven years old now. Um, he wants to be part of what I'm doing. He wants to be in the kitchen. He wants to help me cook. And I love that I can teach him little tricks and little bits of magic in the kitchen as well. And he's picking up on those things because he'll start asking me, well, what does this do? He'll hold up, you know, what are the ingredients? What, Mommy, what does this do? And I know what he means. He doesn't mean, how do I add this? He means magically, like intention wise, what does this herb or what does this ingredient do? Which is really, really cute. And he's, you know, it's funny because, and I'm going to digress a little bit, he's been picking up on little things that I do, little ways of putting magic into the everyday. I know I've told you before how he does his card pull every morning and we talk about his card during the school the school week we do this. And I gave him a journal for the holiday 
And I told him, it has a little fox in an astronaut outfit on the front, which I knew he would love because he loves space and he likes foxes just like me. And so I gave him this little notebook, this journal, and I said, this is for, you know, every morning you can get up, you can draw in it, you can write in it, whatever you want. And it was so funny. And I posted this on my Instagram story. So I think probably a number of you saw it. The first thing he did was in the front, he drew a symbol. He created it himself. It looks kind of like a skull and crossbones, which is really cute. And I call it his little sigil. He drew it and above it, he wrote, go away. And I said, bud, what is that? And he told me it's for protection. So nobody can see, see his journal. Nobody can have access to it except for mommy. He told me, except for mommy, I'm allowed to. And then I flipped to the next page. (laughs) This was later on. So I flipped to the next page and he had written, oh my gosh, I feel like I need to pull it out really quick to actually read it. I'm walking over. So if you hear me shuffling, that's why. So then I turned to the next page and it has a sign. I mean, it is, it looks like a sigil and I need to take a picture of this one. It looks like a, a sigil. And it says, this sign will curse you. And so we had to have, I know I'm laughing and I shouldn't, um, but we had to have a serious discussion, a little discussion then about, you know, cursing. And then I said, you need to be clear. And then he changed it to um, another page of like, this means you go away. And I said, okay, that's better because we're protecting the book. We don't ever want to bring harm on anybody else. And he he does not know the extent of my practice. Um, I don't talk to him much about my witchcraft. I don't talk to him about my magic. But he sees me do things. He hears things. So he picks up on it. And I acknowledge now I need to be a little bit more careful with what is said around him. Because seven years old, he's at an impressionable age. He remembers literally everything. So I know he must have heard that word somewhere. And I'm assuming it's for me. I don't curse. I do not hex. If that's your thing, that is fine. That's just not part of my practice. Um, I will do warding and barriers and, you know, I'll return to sender. I don't curse and hex though. Um, So he heard that word somewhere. And it could be television too, because he does watch some some shows that are kind of supernatural, witchy, and you know he easily could have heard it from there. But I'm gonna maybe I'll ask him exactly where where he heard that. But then it was spelled um, curse was spelled C E R S, and I love his kid writing. He's learning how to spell and, and learning how to write on his own. Uh, it's just really cute. But I'm going on. I've talked for like 11 minutes about about this. Getting back to the main topic. So what is making me feel comfy, cozy, and witchy right now is my kitchen witchery. And pretty soon I'm going to do an episode solely on kitchen witchery. And that might be two episodes because there's so much to cover. You know, altars in the kitchen and ingredients and correspondences and herbs and setting up your pantry. I mean, there's so much I could go into. And that can be another episode, of course, because I want to talk to you about the new year and releasing 2020 and what we can do moving forward into 2021 as witches and um, with our magic. So that was what is making me feel comfy, cozy, and witchy.
Okay, so I'm going to go into the main topic, but beforehand, I just want to do a quick shout out to Celestial Shell Designs, who has sponsored this episode. And Michelle is the owner of Celestial Shell, and she creates altar cloths. And she hand makes them and hand sews them. So she makes altar cloths and tarot wraps and book sleeves. And she just sent me a book wrap, actually, the other week, which you may have seen on my one of my stories. But I love her, her designs. I love her products. And so I just wanted to give a shout out to her. And you can find her at celestialshell.com. S-E-A-L-E-S-T-I-A-L-S-H-E-L dot com. So I just wanted to do a quick shout out to her. So thank you, Michelle. Now moving on to rituals, New Year's rituals, and just an overview of 2020. And I'm going to get a little personal in chatting with you about this. I know my main topic, typically, I give you a lot of information and my experiences and information I've compiled and collected and talk to you about that. But I, you know, I want to talk a little bit about my 2020 and what it meant for me. And then I'm going to go into reflecting and releasing 2020 and then some rituals you can do moving into the new year. So overall, 2020, I think, was a difficult year for many of us. I don't think I know. I know it was a difficult year for many of us. We had or having a global pandemic. We had a major election and a lot of turmoil um, because of that in our country. Uh, our, our country is more divided right now than I've ever seen it before in my almost 40 years of life. And um, that has, I know, stressed me out a lot. The election was anxiety on me. Um, and the coronavirus, of course, my partner, he works. I mean, he, he has to go into work every day. He has been exposed and thank goodness has tested negative. Um, but it has, you know, that's been a tough time for many people. I think I mentioned maybe a couple weeks ago, I, I can't remember if I mentioned it on the podcast or not, but my mother, her wife, okay, so my mother's wife's sister. So my mom called me to tell me that her wife's sister passed away of COVID unexpectedly. She did, she thought she had a cold. Um, and then her daughter and grandchildren and son-in-law all tested positive for COVID and then the 91-year-old mother. So it is... It has run through, you know, that part of the family and, you know, it has just been a scary time. And I think we're at the point now where a lot of people have similar um, similar experiences because the numbers are so high. We all know somebody else who has had COVID, but I don't want to I don't want to talk about, you know, COVID. It's, it's negative. Um, but the, the most difficult thing for me this year that happened. <clears throat> oh, I'm getting emotional. Gosh. Um was in May when my Nana passed away. <clears throat> my Nana, um, we couldn't be with her because of coronavirus. She was living at home, thank goodness. Um, and my aunt was taking care of her. My aunt, who is a nurse, which is wonderful. And my grandmother, we visited. It's funny, she visited with us in the end of January. That's the last I saw her, early January 2020. 
and she came to see our new house. So my aunt and my mom and grandma, and I may have said this before, so sorry, bear with me. Um, they came to see our new house and I, I'll never forget the last visit with her because I have videos of it. <laughs> I have videos of our family tarot readings. Um, we all, you know, we sit around, my aunt, my mom, my grandma, and we pull cards. That's just what we, we do. <laughs> and, you know, we sat there with my Nana and we pulled cards and we played Yahtzee and we just had a great time. And then she just progressively was getting more ill, wasn't eating. Um, she had early onset dementia, which had nothing to do with, with her death. But, you know, that was something that we were struggling with for a while. Um, but then in May... You know, it was interesting because in May, my aunt, my mother, and I, on May 7th to May 9th, so it was the 7th through the 9th, we pull our cards every morning, and my aunt started calling me to pull her cards because she wasn't trusting her intuition because she was taking care of my grandmother and trying to work and doing a whole bunch of stuff. So she called me to start reading her cards in the morning. And I was doing, um, I was pulling some Oracle. We pull tarot every day, but I was doing some Oracle cards. And for three days in a row, um, my mother, my aunt, and I had a rotation of the same three cards. Um, so one, you know, one day I would get, I would pull my South card. Um, and that same day, my aunt would pull Fire. And we knew, you know, something, something was coming up, something was going to happen. Then my mom also on one of those days also pulled fire. And then the next day I pulled fire, my aunt pulled south. So we knew, you know, we knew something was happening. We knew it kind of had probably had to do with my, my Nana. Um, and then on May, May 13th, she passed away and... You know, we all got to see her beforehand through FaceTime. Um, but that was that was the most difficult part of my year, barring Corona and um, all the changes going on, losing my Nana because she was my, my last grandparent. Um, I was so close with her. And the fact that we couldn't say goodbye, <clears throat> that was the tough, that was the tough part. And so... You know, if you listened to my episodes early on, you knew that at Samhain, my goal was to to be able to connect to her. And I have a bit through some dream from through some dreams, um, and I want to work more to connect with her. But I'm at peace now. I am feeling better about it. Like there's this calm when I think about her that comes over me, and I know, um, and I just know that she's she's good and she's okay. She's okay with the way it ended. I just have that overall sense and that puts me at ease a lot. And I know it puts my mother and my aunt at ease at ease <clears throat> as well. But so anyway, that, you know, that that was a hard year, um, even without without COVID. <laughs> that would that was a hard year. Be- and I may have mentioned before, before we moved here, we spent oh, we spent so much time with my Nana. Um, every Tuesdays were with her. Every Sunday we were with her. I did her grocery shopping. I cleaned out her fridge. Um, you know, we were with her all the time. And then we moved and saw less of her. And then, and then she passed not too much longer later. But as, as much as there were some not so good things happening in 2020, 
I do want to to express that there were there were some good points. And overall, was it the best year? No. Was it the worst year? Probably not either. Um, I will say that as a family unit, like the three of us, we, we've grown a little bit closer, I think, because we're forced to be with each other. And I know I'm very fortunate to be able to say that because I know that, that this has brought a lot of tension in many relationships, but it has been good for our family dynamic. I'm now homeschooling my son, something I never expected to be doing, and I don't mind it. You know, I, I, I definitely miss my me time, but I'm enjoying time with him every morning and every afternoon and every evening. <laughs> uh, but, you know, the I think the best thing that came out of this year was the need to turn inward a little bit and do some more spiritual uh, growth and emotional growth. And for me, starting the Comfy Cozy Witch podcast and finally stepping out of like really stepping out of the broom closet and creating the Comfy Cozy Witch account and sharing my experience over two decades, you know, with you all, that has been awesome. That part of this year, and I truly mean that, has been awesome. The community, the people I've met just over the last four months um, those of you who listen and you message me and you encourage and are just so awesome and send me the kindest notes, the kindest emails and words, you know, that has been wonderful. And I don't know that I would have been able to take this step had it been any other year. I, I'm not going to speculate. Maybe, maybe if, if it weren't this year, I would have, but it was time. It was time for me to take that step forward. I had been called for a while, almost two years, actually. My cards have been calling me out that I need to be doing something more. I need to be spreading uh, my craft. I need to be sharing with others. Uh, and I, finally, I could. I pinpointed the way to do that, which was starting all the comfy, cozy stuff. And I've, I've loved it so much. And then on top of that, I started my Fit Witch Challenge and my Comfy Cozy Apothecary, which has been amazing as well. And I've met so many awesome witches and a great community is forming on all of those platforms that I never in a million years anticipated nor expected. I thought I was just starting this stuff <laughs> to, to share my witchiness and to tell you all about what I do and my experiences. And that maybe, as I said before about my podcast, maybe a handful, maybe a couple dozen of you would follow and want to listen to what I had to say. Um, but I've been just overwhelmed. And so, you know, that that personal growth and that spiritual growth has been great because creating, creating you know, the comfy, cozy, which, and I say creating, but it's more like being because that's what I've always been. Like that's been my identity as a witch. Like I like all things comfy, cozy, and witchy. That's just me. But being that, and, and having that has made me get even closer to my own practice. And I have been practicing for a long time. And I thought, I thought I already was pretty close. Um, but it's, it's made me even better because I, I talk about it, I guess, so much. And because I'm interacting um, with you all and discussing my magic, I'm 
I'm connected to it all the time. And so that is, that has been an amazing part. I know I keep saying amazing and awesome, but I don't know, a wonderful part. Um, But that has been a great part about this year. And meeting you all is that it's making me even closer to my practice. So as much as, you know, some of you say that I'm teaching you things and you're learning so much from me, I'm learning so much from all from this as well. And from you and from just the comfy, cozy community and the witch community and how accepting um, the witch community is, has just blown my mind. So yeah, I, I wanted to talk about that and letting letting some things go in 2020, but also being grateful for some of these things. It has been a tough year, but one thing that I'm I'm consciously aware and consciously doing is gratitude work and being grateful for the good things that have come of it because there are a couple. There are definitely some. So I want to move into talking about rituals surrounding leaving things behind and moving forward into 2021. So as far as wrapping up this year and wrapping up 2020, here are some things that you could do. Uh, First off is to journal a bit. And I talk about journaling a lot because it's something that I, I enjoy doing. I journal in my book of shadows pretty much every single day. I'll miss it here and there. I missed two days last week because of the holiday, um, but I made up for it for sure the last couple mornings. But journaling and just getting all of your thoughts down on paper. And, and that can be just stream of conscious, anything that's coming to your mind about 2020. It could be writing down how much you despise the year and what has happened. Um, But it's completely up to you. Just journaling, writing out what 2020 meant for you. And even making lists about 2020, things that you've accomplished, things that you've missed. It's okay to write those things, things that you've missed, Um, things that you wish would have gone a little bit differently, or just journal about anything that happened in 2020 in general. Um, So journaling is a nice way to reflect on the year. So journaling is my first thing. Um, Something else to do these last couple days of 2020. Meditate. And you probably knew I was going to say that too, because I'm an avid meditator. (laughs) Um, But meditate. Sit in silence. Sit in stillness. Uh, Let thoughts come and go. The good and the bad of the 2020 year, the good and the bad, let them come, let them boil up to the surface, and then let those bubbles pop and let them go. And then maybe even journal about it. So I would say meditate first, (laughs) then, then journal. As far as releasing things that don't serve you, releasing things behind to keep in 2020 and not move forward with you, uh, the next couple days would be a good time for some burning rituals. So if you, and this is good for you, even your family, we did a family burning ritual last week when we burned our Yule log, and it was so therapeutic um, for all of us. So for a burning ritual, you can simply light a candle of your choice. I always choose black, um, but light a candle of your choice, write down 
items that you want to leave behind, things that aren't serving you, things you want to leave in 2020 and not carry over with you in 2021. Write those things down, meditate on them for a little bit, and then burn them in a fire pit, in a candle, in your cauldron, in a fire safe bowl, whatever it is, burn them and then dispose of them away from your property. Bury them in the ground somewhere else, but dispose of those burnings and, you know, acknowledge that you are releasing that, releasing those things, leaving them behind in 2020 so you can move forward for 2021. Um, Another great thing you can do at the end of the year is a bathing ritual, a cleansing bathing ritual, a cleansing bath, again, leaving that negativity behind, imagining, and this could be bathing or shower ritual too, imagining all those negative things you may have meditated about or journaled about, imagining those being washed away by water, being washed away by bath salts or a body scrub, and watching them go down the drain and disappear far, far away from you. These are all good things to do at the end of the year. And then another item that is positive, and I mentioned this before, is what you were grateful for in 2020. As bad as it was for many of us, as I said, I, there are some things that I'm grateful for, some things that I'm happy with. So write those down. What have you been grateful for? Don't just focus on the negative, even though we, we all have that negative um, but what what are some positive things? What are some things you were grateful for? And it could be as little as finding a, a tiny crystal on a walk one day or a smooth stone that you came home with and that just made you feel so good in the moment. It could be as small as that, that millisecond that that happened uh, over all of the seconds of the year. It could be something as small as that. Grateful for connecting to nature. Um Grateful for health of your family if you've been able to stay healthy. Grateful for having food on the table. There are so many people who have been struggling this year. And so, you know, there are little things and big things that we all can be grateful for. So those are some things, you know, you might want to jot down as well. So again, when it comes to the end of the year, journal, meditate, do some burning rituals, do some bathing, cleansing rituals, and make a gratitude list. Okay, moving on into the new year. And I'm going to be I'm going to be honest when it comes to the new year, it is not, of course, a major Sabbath when you're looking at the witches holidays and witches festivals and pagan festivals. But it's, it's nice to use our magical practice and workings um, to honor New Year's and to create new intentions for the new year. So when it comes to intentions, and I guess some people will say you could call these resolutions. I've never been a fan of resolutions because typically people make resolutions that are just too far reaching. I know I have in the past. Um, So some tips when it comes to New Year's intentions. When you're setting your intentions for the new year, you don't you don't necessarily need to set them for the entire year. It's okay to have 
small goals every few weeks or set intentions for the next couple of weeks rather than saying by 2021 or by 2022, oh my gosh, I'm getting my week, my years confused. By 2022, I want to do X, Y, Z. You, you don't have to go that far. Absolutely, you can. If it's a goal of yours to, let's say, move out of your apartment and own a house by 2022, yeah, absolutely, you can set that intention now. But you don't have to. I think sometimes there's so much pressure on us to set those long-term, bigger goals that we, we forget about the smaller baby steps, the attainable goals that we need to get to that larger goal. <laughs> so for me personally, when I set intentions, it's typically smaller, smaller things. So keep your intentions small, keep them attainable. When it comes to the new year, I know a lot of people, a lot of witches intend to just be healthier overall. Exercise more, eat a little bit closer to the earth, eat, you know, your fruits and vegetables, eat a little more holistic, um, get health in check. And so keep those, even those goals small and attainable rather than saying, I want to lose 50 pounds by the end of next year. Maybe say, okay, my goal is to feel better in my yoga pants, because let's be honest, that's all I'm wearing, Um, feel better in my yoga pants or um, have my pants fit a little bit better by the end of March. So like small, small things that are attainable. And then, and, and then setting intentions and goals that you will follow through with. Because it's, you can't set an intention without doing the work yourself. So follow through is key. And when it comes to setting goals for ourselves or setting intentions, it's nice to have magical reminders of those things. So when you're when you're setting your intentions for the new year, maybe you have a candle or two going. And then every time you light that candle throughout the new year or throughout the following weeks, that should then remind you of the intention that you set and prompt you to follow through, prompt you to move forward, prompt you to act. Because I'm a firm believer in you can't manifest things unless you're willing to put in the effort. And I think so many times, and I was having a conversation with a friend about this actually the other day um, or last week, you can't set intentions and you can't manifest things and just leave it completely up to the universe. We witches need to do something to help those things come to fruition. Um, So we need to act and we need to follow through. We can't just say, okay, I want some, I want some abundance. I'm going to light this green candle and and that's it. And then think that money is going to start pouring in. Um, We need to be realistic and we need to make the move to move those intentions forward. But it's nice to have those reminders by maybe lighting that green candle every time you walk into your living room or your office. Um, If your intention is to, let's just say, do some more kitchen witchery, then maybe you should create an altar in your kitchen. So every time you look at that altar, you're reminded of that New Year's intention. You're reminded that, oh, Kitchen witchery was a thing I really wanted to focus on. So when you walk in there and you see your altar, you're focusing on kitchen witchery. Um, I I hope this is making sense uh, because when it comes to New Year's intentions, like I said, they don't have to be anything big and elaborate. 
obviously you can you can make them that way if you would wish, but I don't want you to feel pressure, like you have to. My New Year's intentions this year are not are not big and elaborate. Right now I just want to continue on with my comfy, cozy stuff. I want to continue with the podcast. I'm not making any big goal for the end of the year. I'm not saying that I want an X number of of subscribers or followers because that's just, A, that's not me in general. Um, But I I don't want to put any of that pressure on myself. I don't want to go into the new year anxious about whether or not I'm going to hit my goals. So I like to have small, attainable, little goals. So another thing you can do in the new year, and this is kind of with setting intentions, but it's a nice witchy thing to do um, within the first week, I would say, of the new year, is to do a New Year's spread, a card spread. And you can do this yourself if you like to read for yourself or um, if you have friends who read and you could maybe do, you know, exchange readings for each other. Or if you have the money and you want to pay somebody that you trust and that you you know, and has been recommended to you, then it's always nice to do a reading. So you kind of can get a glimpse at what to look out for in the year ahead. And I've seen year ahead readings um, broken down by topic, if, if you're looking like at relationships, or, you know, money or job, or just general year ahead readings that look at either every season, or um, just a general directing card for every month. So those are other, you know, that's something else you can do for the new year. And um, even looking at the charts, looking at astrology for the new year, as you all know, um, astrology, although I, I, when it comes to like moon phases and working with, with moon's energy and solar energy, I'm very well equipped. I've done that for years. But when it comes to astrology and the nitty gritty details, I'm newer in that area. Um, But I do like to see how the location of planets could potentially influence me, depending on my chart, my natal chart. Um, So that's something that you could look into as well. It's totally up to you. And then of course, for the new year, you can do some spells, do some rituals and do some spells moving into the new year. Again, if you just want to do a general spell for abundance or self-love, it's a good time to do those things. Again, without putting any crazy pressure on yourself. And as you can see, I keep coming back to that. Like don't put pressure, don't have, um, don't set crazy expectations that will just make you anxious or disappoint disappoint you, disappoint you. But yeah, when you're doing spells and maybe you want to, you know, do some work with, like I said, abundance or love or happiness, even do some small spells and keep a spell jar and keep that jar near you to remind you of those, those intentions and that spell work that you completed. So these are all just little ideas. Um, Nothing set in stone. I'm not going to do all of these. I just wanted to give you some ideas. So that's a bit about uh, my overview of the year, some rituals that I will be doing, um, and some intentions that you can set for the new year. I guess how to set intentions or the best way, or or really I just kind of rambled about, about intentions, so I do apologize about that if it's a bit of a rambling mess. But thank you for sticking with me. So I do, before I end this podcast today, I want to talk about 
the card of the week. Or I guess I should say pool because I have to figure out what deck I will be pooling from and then I will get right back to you. All right, so I'm going to pull from the Zend Out Ritual deck, which is, you know, one of my favorites, and I haven't pulled from this one in a while. I was doing the Moon deck there for a little bit, I think. So let's pull our card of this week, and it is, okay, ooh, it is a rune, and it is Rytho, um, which is, oh, it wouldn't be an episode without Reese. And little Chia barking, would it? Sorry about that. But I know some of you have commented that you like whenever they make their appearance, which is really cute. <laughs> so there you go. So let's talk about Rye, though. And this is actually, of course, so appropriate, um, especially as we're moving into 21 or 2021 into the new year, because Rye, is all about journey and initiation and perspective and evolution and change in some sort of way. And, you know, a good mantra associated with it is, I am open to new adventures. And it's kind of an exciting card going into 2021, because 2020 was so much about being still and being stuck and being at home and going nowhere. So the fact that Ravo shows up and it's all about, you know, a journey of some sort. That gets me kind of excited. Um, it can also be about disruption, though, as well. Um, and and sometimes, you know, rhythms not going quite your way. But for the most part, it is a really great card and a really great rune. And so it, the message is saying is there's something new coming. And I just, to me, it's like that hope on the horizon. We have a vaccine coming. um, We have a new president coming. You know, there's that hope, new journey on the horizon. So a little message from Rivo. It's saying something new is coming. The rhythm of life has new plans for you. Be on the lookout for a journey or initiation into something unexpected and exciting. The Rido rune is energetic and fiery qualities which may be needed during the next phase of life. So if you have a variety of options on the horizon, Rytho is here to offer clarity. Be open to messages about which path to take and where to place your energy. And again, that's just a really nice message going into the new year. And so the Rytho room, and if you want to learn more about that, you know, research it, look it up. It's R-A-I-D-H-O. And it's all about journey, rhythm, initiation, new adventures. And that's great going into the new year. So I want to thank everybody for joining me for episode number 10. It feels like such a big milestone, like 10. I'm in the double digits now. (laughs) And thank you all for, um, for, for those of you who are liking it, who have rated and reviewed. I'm up to 23 ratings, which is pretty cool. And there were two more reviews. So I want to give a special shout out to A. Kelly 12 or A. Kel, A-K-E-L-L-E 12. 
So thank you for your kind words and your comfy, cozy words. They were really nice. And thank you to Zenthropologist, I like that name, for your really kind words as well. That makes my day. Whenever I, I look to see if I have any reviews or ratings, I don't look every day, but you know, before I ha- record another podcast, I always check. So it always makes me smile when I have more reviews. So 23 reviews or ratings, that's pretty cool. And if you are liking what I'm doing with this podcast and the information that I'm bringing to you, and sometimes my ramblings, which I apologize for, then please feel free to rate, review, subscribe to the podcast, uh, um, and review it on Apple Podcasts, or whatever platform, really. I just see the Apple Podcast ones more than the other ones. I don't, I don't think I know how to check my other platforms, to be completely honest. I'll have to learn. And if you want to connect with me, the easiest way is through Instagram. Um, I check my messages almost on a daily basis. So if you want to suggest a topic or if you want to give me feedback or just say hello, please reach out on there. Um, I'm also at comfycozywitch at gmail.com. Of course, I have a Comfy Cozy private witch group on Facebook if you're interested in joining and you like you know what you're hearing here. It's a lot of comfy, cozy witchiness in that private group. And there's, I think it's up to almost 250 members, which it's still nice and small. And it's great if you're in or out of the broom closet because it is a private group. You can also find me over at Comfy Cozy Apothecary. That is my, one of my little witchy businesses. And I'll be launching, I'll be opening again in January, the first or second week of January. And then you can also find me at Fit Witch Challenge, which is um, the the challenge that I founded and created and guidebooks that go along with the challenges that um, help you stay connected to your witchy wellness. So those are all ways that you can find me and ways that you can support me. So thank you for tuning in. I am not entirely sure yet what next week's episode is going to be about, but I will reveal that shortly. But until then, everybody, uh, have a happy new year and stay comfy, cozy, and witchy.